Hello, I'm Kimberly Davis, and I am the Fiscal Feminist. Hi, I'm Kimberly Davis, and I'm the Fiscal Feminist. I'm also a managing director and partner in the Bonson Group, a wealth management practice in Newport Beach, California, and New York City. So today I'm going to talk about rating your retirement savings. Is this ever, ever a good idea? So why would anyone want to do this? Well, we all know life is very far from linear. And sometimes things happen unexpectedly that totally disrupt our flow and require some creative thinking to address the situation. You know the saying, desperate times call for desperate measures. Dipping into one's retirement savings qualifies, in my opinion, as a desperate measure. And sometimes we might think there's no alternative but to do this. Historically, the aftermath of a divorce or a job loss have been the primary reasons most cited for making an early withdrawal from or taking a loan against a retirement plan. However, COVID-19 changed all that, and according to Magnify Money that did a survey, nearly 30% of Americans have dipped into their retirement savings because of COVID-19. To add insult to injury to that statistic, 21% said they lowered their contributions and 26% have stopped making contributions altogether. So the May jobs report stated the unemployment rate had fallen to 13.3%. However, the government then backtracked on that number and stated that the number of workers had been incorrectly classified and if the classifications had been correct, the overall unemployment rate would have been about three percentage points higher than reported. So that means May's adjusted unemployment rate was really 16.3%. And that amounts to a lot of people trying to survive without income flowing into their households. Of the the people withdrawing funds from their retirement plans during the pandemic, 52% said it is to cover basic expenses such as groceries, which accounted for 60% of uh, the expenditures. Household bills were about 42%. Rent or mortgage payments, about 31%. And debt payments, 27%. And 20% of people said they have not spent the money they withdrew. To the extent there is a silver lining, it is that people are not using their retirement money for discretionary purchases, but for essentials. So the retirement plan as an ATM is not the current mentality. So let's look at tax-deferred retirement savings options, which are basically your 401k or an individual retirement account, which is often referred to as an IRA. So what's the difference between these two vehicles? Both 401ks and IRAs are tax-deferred options for retirement savings. They each have different rules, different advantages, and different drawbacks. So it's important that you understand they are different and they have different rules. So look into those rules for each one when you're, you know, whenever you're thinking about doing something within that particular wrapper. Employers may offer employees the option to participate in a 401k plan as a tax-advantaged way to save for retirement. Employees can contribute up to a specified amount annually. In 2020, it was $19,500 per year. If you were 50 or older, it was $26,000 per year. And employers can choose to match a percentage of the employee contribution. So that's a good thing. These contributions are all made pre-tax. 
The money is put into investments, which is usually a selection of mutual funds offered by the sponsor of the program. Investment income and gains accruing in the 401k are tax-free. You don't get taxed on any of that money until you get a distribution, and when you get the distribution, it's taxed at ordinary income rates. Individuals can also open a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. An IRA is not tied to an employer, but you must have earned income. That means you must be working and earning income. For 2020, you can contribute up to $6,000 or $7,000 if you are age 50 or older per year. For Roth IRAs, which are IRAs funded by after-tax contributions, and they also have tax-free distributions, contribution limits are applied based on income limits. So you have to look into what your income is and see if you fall within those limits so that you can contribute to a Roth. IRAs afford more diverse investment options than 401ks do because they are not on a sponsored platform with limited choices. You can choose a variety of investments, and if you have an investment advisor, they can, they can manage that for you. So you can withdraw early from both 401ks and IRAs. However, under either scenario, you will incur a 10% penalty if you withdraw before age 59 and a half. This penalty is in place to encourage long-term participation in employer-sponsored retirement saving schemes and retirement saving strategies. The government wants you to you know, save for retirement, so they, they try to make it a little bit difficult if you want to take the money out early. You will also have to pay income taxes on the withdrawal at ordinary income tax rates. So if you are going to take some money out and you're under 59 and a half, you will have to pay income taxes at ordinary income rates as well as the 10% penalty. Another downside from early withdrawal from a 401k is that you can forfeit a portion of your account balance if your employer match contributions have invested yet. So keep that in mind as well. Traditionally, there has been a hardship withdrawal, which is an emergency removal of funds from a retirement plan for an immediate and heavy financial need. And these can include medical expenses, home buying expenses for a principal residence, certain defined educational expenses, foreclosure or eviction expenses, burial expenses, or certain expenses related to casualty losses to a principal residence. But you need to look into those rules. I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of that right now, but check out the rules because there are some carve-outs for when you can withdraw money. And they are slightly different for 401ks and IRAs, so you need to look at both sets of rules. Such special distributions may be allowed without penalty from a traditional IRA or a 401k, provided the withdrawal meets certain criteria for why the funds are needed and their amount. However, even if the penalties are waived, the 10% penalty, the withdrawal will still be subject to ordinary income tax. You can also borrow money from your 401k, and you can pay that money back over five years. But generally, you cannot take a loan from either a traditional or Roth IRA. That's very much reserved for the 401k space. That said, the risk with taking a loan against your 401k is that you may not be able to pay it back. And if that happens, the unpaid balance is considered taxable income. Also under the CARES Act, I do believe they've extended the loan repayment period by a year if you already have borrowed against your 401k. So what's changed with the CARES Act provision and withdrawals? 
Under the CARES Act, individuals under financial strain from COVID-19 can withdraw in 2020 up to $100,000 from their retirement savings, including 401ks and IRAs, without incurring the typical 10% early withdrawal penalty. You then have three years to either pay the taxes on the withdrawal or to repay what you withdrew and receive a tax refund. So why not take a withdrawal now, given that, you know, this legislation is um, accommodating it by removing the penalty and spreading out the tax payments? Well, the short answer is loss of compound growth, selling at lows for a permanent loss, taxes, and less money available in retirement. So before you take the step of dipping into your retirement savings, I implore you to consider other alternatives that may be available. It may seem like the simplest and quickest alternative, but really take some time before you actually pull the trigger on this. The permanent loss of principal and the long-term benefits of compound growth is extremely detrimental to your retirement outlook. We all think that retirement is somewhere way out in the future, but it does ultimately arrive sooner than we think. And, you know, ask me. I can feel it looming ahead of me. And without retirement funding, retirement can look very bleak. The worst time to withdraw investment assets is in the middle of a downturn and extreme volatility. Investments will be worthless, and hence investors will have to withdraw a greater percentage of their account and will turn temporary paper losses into permanent realized losses. Even if you try to replenish later, you will have lost all the compounding of growth from the withdrawn principal. Compounding is one of the most powerful tools to boost retirement savings, and making a withdrawal, especially during the early stages of investing, reduces that effect. Even a smaller withdrawal adds up in the long run. For example, a $5,000 balance today could be worth $57,900 in 35 years, assuming a 7% annual rate of return. So if you take out that $5,000 now, you're, you're going to lose all of that upside. The concern is that if you take advantage of the CARES Act provisions and withdraw, there is also a good chance that you will not replenish the withdrawal, which will be a permanent reduction. You'll never get around to you know, putting the money back in, because there's always going to be another need for the money. So once you go down the slope, it's a very slippery slope indeed. So what are some of your other options? I know it is really difficult to think about future retirement when the present feels overwhelming and perhaps impossible. It is already really difficult for Americans to save. According to a 2020 TD Ameritrade report, most Americans want to retire by 67. The report, which surveyed 2,000 U.S. adults ages 40 to 79 with at least $25,000 in investable assets, finds many Americans may have quite a way to go, even those approaching their golden years. Nearly two-thirds of 40-somethings have less than $100,000 in retirement savings, and 28% of those in their 60s have less than $50,000 worth of retirement savings. We want to stay on track with our retirement savings. And although the CARES Act provides accommodation for withdrawals, withdrawing should not be done unless there is absolutely no other alternative solution. If you don't have an emergency savings fund right now to fall back on, you should use this as a wake-up call. It's time to do some soul-searching and reevaluating of your uh, financial strategy. 
So some other possible alternatives are, one, engage in an honest evaluation of your finances. Review all of your discretionary expenses and be brutal in reducing them. Just cut and slash. Two, ask for forbearance on payments from your credit card companies, mortgage lender, landlord, utilities, or other creditors, which will provide much-needed breathing room for a few months. Be proactive. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. Email, pick up the phone, negotiate. This will definitely lower what you have to pay out, and this is going to help you in the long run. Three, transfer balances to zero interest credit cards if possible. If you can do that, that's going to allow you to have lesser amounts of monthly payments because you're not paying interest. So if you have a good enough credit rating and can make those transfers, I would suggest looking into that and, uh, and executing on that. Four, look into a home equity line of credit if you own a home. Recent housing values and low interest rates make this a good alternative if you can uh, swing it. Five, consider a 401k loan. We discussed this earlier. The IRS allows the 401k loans, but employers are not obliged to offer them. So you need to check directly with your provider to see if 401k loans are offered under your plan. Loans must be paid back within five years unless used for the purchase of a primary residence. If you leave your employer for any reason while you still have got an outstanding loan, the balance becomes treated as a distribution, which then makes it subject to taxes and penalties like any other 401k withdrawal. So be very aware of that. The other option you can do, which would be number seven, I believe, is tap into your Roth IRA if you have one. You can withdraw your contributions to this account at any time without taxes or penalties, as you've already paid taxes on the money before you contributed to the account. Just note, if you had the Roth IRA for less than five years, the earnings on the contributions will be subject to taxes and penalties. So the contribution itself is not taxed, but any earnings on that amount of money will be taxed. Now, again, Although this is a better alternative to withdrawing money from your 401k or your traditional IRA, it's still not a great idea in the sense that it's detrimental to your overall retirement savings outlook because you're taking money away from your retirement, from the future when you're going to need this money because you won't be working anymore and you're going to be living off your retirement savings and any other investment strategy or savings that you have. So you really need to consider this because it will be very bleak indeed if you have only Social Security to live on in your retirement. And then the last option would be perhaps applying for a personal loan from a bank or a credit union. Interest rates may be high on this, on this type of borrowing, but it is worth looking into because, again, it will not steal from your future retirement savings. And then another option would be also if you have a family member or a friend who, who could give you a loan in the short term. I would not be shy to ask about these things to obviate taking money out of your retirement savings. So my take on this is take a beat before you withdraw from your retirement savings and only do it if there are no other options. It's the option of last resort. The long-term detriment is severe. You're losing a lot of gain. You know, we, we all need to get serious about retirement planning because we all deserve a retirement in which we live in dignity and not scarcity. We are living longer lives, women in particular. They live five years longer than their male counterparts. So this is not a theoretical or a hypothetical 
type evaluation. This is real stuff that's going to affect your life, maybe not this year, but certainly in the future. And I really, really want all of us to start focusing on this because it's ever so important. Thanks so much for your time today and listening, and I look forward to the next time. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Ignorance is not bliss. As women, burying our heads in the sand when it comes to our money has dire consequences. But yet, so many of us have employed this detrimental strategy. After over two decades of experience, I've discovered that women face a twofold crisis of competence and confidence regarding how they approach and handle finances. It's time to close that gap. I wrote The Fiscal Feminist, a financial wake-up call for women to teach women how to take charge of their money and control their financial destinies. This book will help you achieve financial literacy, establish the right tools and rules for managing your money and relationships, and to plan for your future. It's time to gain and maintain financial wellness on your own terms. Head to FiscalFeminist.com to order your copy today.